0: Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. So good to be here with you, so good to be here with my guest tomorrow. Fitzgerald, who I will introduce you to in just a minute. Let me just say a few quick things. Episode 131, if you can believe it, if I can believe it, time does fly. And I love that I do this podcast. It's so much fun. I meet so many interesting people. And I'm so happy that there are listeners and viewers who appreciate hearing from all the special guests I introduce them to, as well as some of my monologues. You know that I occasionally share some some commentary, if you will, on marketing and social media, short monologues. I love doing those too. Hey, today is June 17. It's Thursday, June 17, 2021. You'll probably be listening to this or seeing this on YouTube, somewhere on social media, the week of June 21. I'm recording this via Zoom from my home office here in Sudbury, Massachusetts. And hey, I can't go much further without acknowledging the pandemic and and i've been mentioning the pandemic since it started over a year ago and and i don't want to i'd be remiss if i don't mention that the other day we we noted six hundred thousand deaths in this country and i i grieve and i mourn for those who have lost their lives their families their friends as i'm sure as i know you do and and if you've been touched by COVID 19 my thoughts and and prayers and support go out to you. But hey, better, brighter days are ahead. Yes, we are all coming up for air. It's almost like we're coming out of hibernation. And and again, I couldn't be more excited to be looking forward to the summer. And and again, better, brighter days ahead. Let me introduce you to my guest today, Maura Fitzgerald. Maura Fitzgerald, she's co-founder and partner of V2 Communications. Hey Maura, how are you?
1: Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me
0: on. I'm so glad you are here with me today, more I can't wait to have our conversation. I'm going to give a brief introduction of you and then ask you, if you don't mind, to add on to that. Tell us a little bit about your career journey. But for folks who don't know more, Fitzgerald, but I'm telling you, if you're in the Boston area if you're in PR, if you're in marketing, you probably do know more, or have heard about Maura. She is one of Boston's most seasoned public relations professionals. She has decades of experience in not one, but two high growth PR agencies under her belt. And this is a really big deal. Mora was the 2019 recipient of Boston PR Club's John J. Malloy Crystal Bell Lifetime Achievement Award. That's a big deal. Maura, kudos to you, congrats, props.
1: Thanks, Bob.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and over Maura's career, she's founded and, and grown one of the premier US brands in strategic technology communications, Fitzgerald Communications. Under her direction, the agency immediately became one of the fastest growing tech public relations firms, transitioning from regional boutique to respected national brand in less than three years. She built Fitzgerald Communications to five offices, nearly 200 PR pros, and sold Fitzgerald Communications to Omnicom in 2002. And then that was not nearly enough with new technology innovations flooding the market. Mora was poised to address the sophisticated communications challenges of these emerging companies. And together with Gene Serra, an experienced tech communications strategist and senior executive from Fitzgerald Communications, Mora and Gene. they launched version 2.0 Communications, which is now known as V2 Communications in late 2006. And hey, I know all about V2, not that I've been in your office Mora. not that I've done business with you, but you know I'm extremely active on social media and I follow V2 on Twitter and the content is outrageously good and from time to time I share that content. Like this morning, I don't know if you saw it, but I I gave a slow clap, a round of applause, because, and you have to talk about this in just a minute, because I know that your agency won six PR Club of New England Bell Ringer Awards. So I'm sure those are just uh, half dozen on top of the dozens you've won in the past as an agency, but congrats, kudos. Welcome, and please, anything I missed about your background, anything you want to add, anything you want to say, tell us about your career journey. I know that could go on, but maybe in two or three minutes, tell us what got you to this point in your career.
1: Well, sure. So I started out as a a journalist. Um, In fact, um, I was a police reporter in Miami. I covered crime. That was my beat. So I guess that that sort of made me uniquely qualified for a career in tech PR. Um, Just joking. Uh, (laughs) So I was a journalist for about eight years, loved that job, Um, moved back to Boston and had a really hard time breaking into the newspaper business locally. So I started freelancing for um, a lot of high-tech magazines. In those days, there were tons of them, PC Week, E-week, E-news, you remember. Oh, yeah. Um, So there was a lot of opportunity to continue to write. That's how I sort of got introduced to tech. um, And I met all the editors and the journalists who were working at those publications. And through um, an editor at Electronic News, a guy named Eric Lundquist, he introduced me to a friend of his who was starting a PR firm. So I said... Oh, you know, I don't want to go into PR. I'm a journalist. I'm not a PR person. And I met uh, Eric's friend and his approach to the business, I thought was just so great. And it was very journalistically oriented. He viewed himself as a counselor to his clients. Um, He really wasn't a yes man. He was very strategic. Um, I really loved the way that he approached the business. And then, um, we got into discussions about roles responsibilities and salary and when he got to the salary part that was it for me i waved goodbye to my journalism <laughs> career and embraced a new career in pr and uh you know in those days the um companies that were coming online were you know new and interesting and doing all kinds of innovation And it was a very, very exciting time to be working with some of the brightest CEOs. And of course, Route 128 in Massachusetts was a hotbed of um, those kinds of companies. And uh, it was just really a great experience to work with all those smart people and to work with the journalists. The news cycle was really fast. Um, There were a lot of places to pitch stories um, broadcast was starting to cover tech. So I was lucky, you know, my entry into the tech market was at a very opportune time. Um, and it was super interesting and fast moving and I loved it.
0: You you weren't you know luck is when preparation meets opportunity, Warren. You were prepared to take advantage of that opportunity, which yeah I guess makes you very lucky. Timing is everything, and 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 I know about the time you're talking about, and and yeah we are lucky to to you know work around Boston because so much is happening, and and always has been. Um and and journalism, what a great preparation for the PR business, obviously. To understand how, how uh, the media market uh, moves, hey, I um, want to right away um, acknowledge and hear a little bit about um, these recent. I told you know you that I, I gave the slow slow clap applause on on Twitter for the PR Club of New England Bell Ringer Awards because that was very recent and because I've already mentioned it. Tell us about your agency V two winning these awards recently. Who they were. For or what the work was. Tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind.
1: Not at all. Um, and thanks for the opportunity to brag about my team. Yes. Um, I have, I think, the best and the brightest working with me on behalf of clients. Um, our team is super, super creative. We, um, my guys really are always out in front of clients with campaign ideas with creative thinking about how to promote their brands and their products. Um, We do a lot of thought leadership, which was one of the areas in which we were recognized. Um, We, you know, we really look at ourselves as an extension of the client's team, and we understand their business well enough so that when the client is in between products or, um, you know, doesn't have any corporate news to announce, uh, my team is really great at coming up with creative ideas for keeping the brand front and center in the hearts and minds of the influencer community.
0: Love, love them more. Um, you're, you're proactive and, and I think you know I have an agency background marketing, mostly not necessarily PR, but marketing, social media, advertising, and, and what you just said, that's a an um, important um, quality in some of the best agencies too like you said if there's not necessarily news uh, you 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 are ahead of the new, news game if you will and come up with these creative ideas to help your clients inject themselves into the the news stream it sounds like
1: Absolutely I think um, one of the things we talk to clients about a lot is the importance of them um, opining about trends in the market about Um, you know, future predictions on where the market is heading, Um, you know, expressing their opinions about other things that are happening out there in the news cycle. Um, And I think it's a great way for them to establish a leadership position for themselves as corporate leaders and evangelists, um, and also help steer thinking and shape opinion around, Sometimes things that are happening out in the market that can be puzzling or um, you know talking about it in a way that help other people think about it um, in a way that's going to help them and their companies ride the wave
0: absolutely uh, you are, are spot on you know thought leadership being uh, front and center in the news and 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 being proactive sure. these are all of that is so so important in, in PR marketing advertising. Etc. Hey, at the top of the show, just a few minutes ago, I, I, I acknowledged the pandemic and, and things that's so much better now, uh, thankfully for, for all of us. Um, but what a, a wild, um, last, you know, what, 15 months or so it's been for, for the whole world, obviously, but, but let's talk if you don't mind about, um, you and, and V2 and, and when the pandemic hit, what last March, uh, what year is it now? Uh, it's almost, you know, I saw some friends last night. First time I've been out, um, my running friends, I'm a big runner and we get together and it's been the first time in, in 15 months or so. And I said, it's almost like we're coming out of hibernation or something. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been rough. Oh. Oh,
0: I know. It's strange and, and sad and, and rough, but about PR, cause you know, this is a marketing show. You're in PR. I want to Keep it fairly, relatively on topic. Um, What some of the biggest challenges due to the pandemic your clients, your agency, the industry has has faced in the last year?
1: Well, I think I think as I think most agency owners felt um, this tremendous sense of uncertainty. You know, when the pandemic hit and we had to close up shop and equip people for remote work and you know, keep the troops, um, inspired, keep everybody in lockstep, keep them hopeful. You know, that's the challenge that we have as corporate leaders. So, you know, that was really tough. And we put a lot of thought into, um, making sure that people were, uh, they had the right equipment, they had the right, um, uh, you know, stuff to work with at home, in addition to, of course, their laptops, so that they could be comfortable. So, we opened up an account at um, Amazon for them, so that they could buy, you know, a light if they needed a camera if they needed it for Zoom calls, you know, that sort of thing. So that was one thing that we did. Um, you know, we, I'm a big believer, obviously, in communication, and I think that in situations like that it's not possible to overly communicate with people. So we kept up our staff meetings. We kept up um, our company gatherings. um, We kept up our professional development program all over Zoom. Um, We sent uh, surprises to people's homes throughout the pandemic. So, you know, one month we sent them a crate of ice cream. Another month, We sent them, and this was much more popular than the ice cream. Bottles of wine, (laughs) Um, uh, you know. We sent them all kinds of surprises during the pandemic.
0: That is terrific.
1: Well, people loved it, and it just gave them something to look forward to. You know, especially you know during the winter and spring months when the weather stinks and you can't really go outside that much, and um, people really appreciated that. Um, You know, we we did a lot of communicating with clients one of the interesting things that we did bob during the pandemic was we decided based on our own experience of reaching out to uh the media and influencer communities at the height of the pandemic when everybody was covering covid look we would call into media outlets and be talking to somebody about a client that had something to say or something to contribute to fighting the pandemic. And we were talking to maybe somebody who had been an automotive reporter a month before because news outlets just put all hands on deck yeah covering this stuff and you know as pr people it was really important that we understood where this person was coming from what their depth of knowledge and understanding was Mm -hmm. and you know how we could get them educated quickly and up to speed on um what we were able to contribute through clients to their coverage and their stories so you know in the process of doing all of this and of course you remember the news cycle was crazy. It was 24 seven. It was, you know, really hard to keep up with. People worked long hours. So we decided, look, our clients need a guidebook. They need a handbook about how to get coverage during COVID. And if you don't have anything constructive to contribute to the news coverage and the dialogue around the pandemic, then don't say anything, don't try to leverage where no leverage is possible. So we put together a very comprehensive, I would call it a manual for um, dealing with press and broad, print press and broadcast during COVID times and distributed that out to clients who liked it so much that we decided to distribute it more broadly. And we actually just did the same thing um, with a focus on healthcare. We have a tech practice, a healthcare practice and a clean energy and sustainability practice. So we took a look at um, you know, what some of the trends are among the healthcare journalists and both in print and broadcast and put together, we just ran a panel with the NEVCA yesterday for their members, um, instructing them on best practices that included our practice lead, Kristen Leathers in healthcare and three or four healthcare journalists who talked from their perspective about their experience during COVID, what they wanna hear from companies, what their future coverage is going to be, looking at um, what trends they're interested in, and that kind of thing, and we also compiled that into a report that you can get on our website.
0: That, that again, you're, you're so all over this as an agency, and it's very impressive. More, um, no wonder your agency V two has won so many awards, as well as you as a professional, as an individual professional. Um, would you consider so? Is is what we've gone through, uh, COVID nineteen, the coronavirus crisis. Well, maybe I just answered my own question because I used the word crisis. Has this been characteristic? Could this be characterized as as crisis communications? What's been going on for most companies over the course of the last year?
1: I definitely think so. I think <clears throat> um, you know, just the rapidity of the news cycle and um, the the events that were happening, all of which, most of which were very newsworthy and deserving of coverage. But they happened, you know, not once a week, Bob, they were happening two or three times a day at Mm -hmm. some point. So I would say that there were many, many characteristics of that period that I think defined crisis for sure.
0: And and do you feel that your agency clearly uh, I imagine was quite well prepared because of what you do ordinarily pre pandemic for your clients so so in a way, no one would wish what we all went through um ever uh, on anybody, but in a way, it was right in your wheelhouse. am I correct you know dealing with this to some degree
1: you know, yeah, you know i think i think I think that is true, but I think that there were. I just can't give enough credit to the people at V2 for their work ethic, for the focus they brought to their work, for the empathy that they shared with colleagues who got sick or who had mm. sickness in their families. Um, you know, and again, I think, I think we have, a, we have a, a channel on our um, V2 website called Kitchen Chats. And people were wonderful about communicating collectively the kinds of stuff that you'd say if you were all together in the kitchen in the morning, having a cup of coffee and looking at the news, or if it was the end of the day and you were sitting around having a glass of wine, you know, saying, thank God this day is over. So that was a wonderful vehicle for people to share funny things in the news, interesting things that were happening, Um, and, you know, kind of keeping everybody's spirits up and trying to at least emulate in a small way, the kind of camaraderie and communication that happens when you're working together physically.
0: Yeah. And again, my, my question is, you know, for a PR agency, a a crisis generally would be, you know, why, in many cases, why you're, you're hired. So, um, this was the, the, Ultimate, if that's the right word, of, of crises that that um, we all had to deal with personally and professionally. And I imagine your clients uh, um, were in very, very good hands as your employees were um, because of your leadership and Jean's leadership. Um, about the agency specifically, you mentioned um, perhaps uh, employees or, or employees, family members, um, catching, you know, getting, coming down with COVID. Um, uh, were there any personal challenges that you can share with me uh, that the agency had to deal with and and, and so I say yeah you, you you are prepared for it as professionals a crisis, but this was unprecedented what 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 did the agency what challenges and troubles perhaps did the agency face in the last year that that yeah
1: well, we were fortunate in that um while we did have a few staff members come down with um with covid for the most part we avoided it and i think it's because our people were super careful um you know they masked up right away they followed the guidelines um of course they stayed home anybody who had to take public transportation avoided it um but we did have a few people who got sick. Now we didn't have anybody who had to be hospitalized, thank God. And I don't think that we had anybody who experienced a death in their immediate family, which was also really fortunate. So I look at ourselves as being super, super lucky. Um, You know, we, we, really, really rose to the occasion. And I think it's important to remind ourselves that, look, stuff happens as the saying goes, shit happens. And you define yourself and your organization Mm -hmm. by the way you meet those challenges. And I'm so proud of our people um, and the way that they embraced working from home Mm -hmm. and their dedication in a really tough time. We had our best year ever last year.
0: Wow. Wow. That was going to be one of my questions (laughs) in terms of how it affected business. So you're telling me you people, uh, companies were clamoring for for your services. Um, Yeah.
1: We booked a ton of new business. We hired, we hired eight or five. How many, I think five new people. And that's challenging. That is challenging. Trying to onboard You know, first of all, to go through the interviewing process and then try to onboard people in an effective way remotely. And I have to give a big shout out to our HR team who did a magnificent job in that area. And then our people, um, you know, reaching out proactively. We have a mentoring program, and that is so important when you have people who are new to the organization and can't be in the office. Um, so, our mentors were really wonderful to the new people, bringing them along, um, you know, inculcating them in the V2 culture. Uh, it was really just a magnificent job all the way around. And now that we're finally, we're not going to have people back in the office um, until September unless they want to be there. Um, I was in the office this week for a couple of meetings. So, I was there for three days and we had 10 or 12 people in the office. Um, you know, people are getting sick of working from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they can drive in, you know, they're getting more comfortable with public transportation, but um, you know, the office is completely COVIDized. And uh, now that we don't have to wear masks and those mandates are being relaxed, um, people are dribbling back into the office. So. I told our office manager to make sure that the snacks were there and there was beer and wine in the fridge. So (laughs) we're all set. And it's probably,
0: yeah, that's awesome. It's probably relatively quiet. So like you say, people uh, such as myself, um, you know, are getting a little, it's becoming a little repetitive working from home and it's nice to get out. I mean, I'm my, my own boss, but you know, I miss meeting with clients in their offices, um, I do teach and I was fortunate to be teaching in the spring at Suffolk University on campus. And I really was glad I was on campus. The yeah. idea is most of the students were on Zoom. We call it high flex teaching. Uh, so, so I'm in the classroom. Most of the students were on Zoom, a few of them would be in the, in the classroom, but there was a limited uh, number um, that would be allowed in the classroom. But my point is I I actually really enjoyed driving into Boston, little traffic because of the pandemic and sure, what, you know, mask and being extremely careful um, was Suffolk and, and anybody working there, but it was great to get out of my home office. Cause I feel like I am on zoom, you know, day in and day out. And so, like you say, some employees I'm sure are glad to be getting back into the office. Hey, let them enjoy the summer. And and then I think in the fall, I think for the most part, things are going to be back to as is, is normal as possible. But that leads me to a question uh, for you, for V2, for the industry. Will there be lasting impact? Uh, how? Um, what have we learned, uh, I suppose, as a country, but you know, in business, particularly in in PR communication strategies, what has this taught us? Anything? Is this added um, services to to what V two has to offer? Um, what What do you say, more?
1: Well, I you know I think I think we are going to experience permanent change as a result of this. For example, um, we put a committee together uh, to explore uh, how we were going to re-enter the office and um, they came back with the recommendation that we allow people to work from home on Friday and Monday and that we are all together in the office on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, you can be in the office five days a week if you want, you know, that's an option that's always open to you, but for those people who prefer to work from home, Friday and Monday are days after Labor Day when they can do that. But we did feel it was very important for people to come back and work together for the bulk of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so that teams can meet, we can have clients coming into the office. Um, So I definitely think that flexible schedules and working from home is going to be the norm, especially now that CEOs have seen that productivity doesn't necessarily go down in that case. It can even go up. Like we had our best year ever last year. We booked all kinds of new business. We made new hires. I mean, we just kind of forged ahead. So um, I think that's one thing. Um, I think people have realized how important communication is. Um, I always say to my guys look, when a client, a prospect comes to us with a business problem, no matter what that business problem is, it's almost always rooted in some form of poor communication. And that's really where we can help them. So um, sometimes marketing isn't talking to sales, product development isn't talking to anybody. Um, You know, we we see all of these sorts of things in our client companies that they need help addressing. so we've tried to take a page from that book and make sure that, that we're very transparent as an organization and that you know we take the lead in many cases from our employees in solving some of our organizational problems. Like, OK, we need to figure out a way to get back to work. What's going to be comfortable for you guys? Um, knowing that from our perspective, some days when we're all in the office together are critical. So, you know, I know that some of my peer agencies have told people they can work from anywhere, anytime, you know, that they want. And I feel like for our success and our culture at v 2 uh, that won't work for us or our clients.
0: You've said at least a couple big things that I, I took note of and I do a lot of social media. I think you know that. And sometimes live tweeting events. And if I could tweet live while I was having this conversation with you, <laughs> you just said two big things that I would be tweeting about. One is, um, and I'm not surprised, I've read a lot about this and and uh, because I'm on social media, I am immersed in what other companies and professionals are doing. But the permanent change being, you know, working from home a little bit, you know, uh, a couple of days, it sounds like, um, and as you said, some companies even saying, hey, whenever you want, which I agree, it seems extreme, but that's a big change. I mean, for someone like me, who's been around forever, um, and actually, you know, it's only the last four years I've been on my own. I was on my own for seven years in the 90s. But other than that, whenever I worked at a company, it's been mostly, if, if exclusively on site, most my employers did not really Allow, if you will, permit, authorize working from home. But look at how much things are changing now in 2021, mm-hmm. and and triggered a little bit by the pandemic. That's one thing you said that was really huge. And then I love the what you said about communication and something again. I just took uh, chicken scratch notes here, but you know, if there's a problem at a client company, it, it's almost always rooted in some form of communication. And and I love that because as a teacher and, and as a communication studies and English major back at UMass Amherst, uh, um, you know, an eternity ago, um, communication is so, so important. And I tell the students I teach, you know, writing skills, verbal, public speaking skills, so, so important, it, it goes so far towards success. So um, I just wanted to highlight a couple things that you just said and, and, and commend um, you for pointing out the importance of communications i'm going to change subjects if that's all right more slightly sure. um and and i want to talk about you specifically if you don't mind in and, and the awards you've won and you know i mentioned a big one when i introduced you the the uh pr club boston pr club's uh, lifetime achievement award that's a huge um honor um i'm sure it was for you what have been or what what was some of the biggest accomplishments and or honors you've received in your career to to date? Do you mind uh, sharing?
1: Uh, Not at all. I think um, that was a big one to be be recognized like that by my peers in the Boston community was so gratifying. And honestly, when I think about some of the people who've won that award in the past, it was very humbling. Um, Mm. And I was really so appreciative to be recognized and one of the really wonderful things that happened that evening um i had no idea um but my son they invited my son to come to the event and he was there to see me receive it and i thought that was so wonderful that they did that and it meant so much to me Um, i would say that the you know the personal awards are great but the awards that I really, really treasure the most are when um, Fitzgerald and V2, now V2, get recognized as best places to work. Um, I think that those are so meaningful and um, those awards are very competitive and it's the employees who um, nominate the company and, um, you know, have to fill out the forms and provide the reasons why they feel they're working in one of the best places they could. Um, those really mean a lot to me. We have won several of those and I find them to be very, very moving and important.
0: You must be a fantastic uh, leader uh, more in, in, you know, to stress the importance of, of the, those kind of awards, um, because that means you care about your employees and, and, um i applaud you for that uh um kudos to you for, for that um let's if you don't mind i want to ask you about industry changes you've seen over the years both both you and i um have been in this business uh a few years um and i've seen a ton of changes i say this business you're in pr and marketing i think this is uh definitely overlap, um, you know, uh, synchronicity, that's the right word. But, what, you know, so I've seen a lot of changes. I'm sure you have too. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen? And we can go back, you know, a decade or two, if you'd like, or, or just in the last few years, but um, what, what changes have you seen at a significant?
1: Well, I think, I think of course, the onset of social media and um, the ability that these channels have given to companies and corporate leaders to deal directly with their audiences so they now they don't have to talk to customers through the press they can do it directly on social I think that that's been a, a significant change and of course with that um, comes the uh, the rapidity of these messages going out so, something that might have taken days or even weeks to be disseminated on a global basis now can be communicated in under five minutes it's amazing and of course that puts a lot of pressure on the communicator you have to be very selective about how you deal with certain topics and i think you know, that's less challenging for some people than for others, but it's made our job as professional communicators and client counselors even more important. Um, Another big change is the rise of the employee. So, so it really matters to people that the company that they work for have a social conscience. It really matters to people that the company they work for Um, be socially responsible and support initiatives like Black Lives Matter. They want to see their board of directors have women, have people of color on them. Um, Employees are very vocal about this kind of thing and CEOs have to pay attention to it. Um, You know, I just read an article in the New York Times today about publishing houses in New York that um, aren't able to publish for example, a book by Donald Trump or by Mike Pence, because they may have a constituency of gay people among their staff who just won't have it. They won't have the publishing house um, provide an opportunity for these people to make money because they feel that they've been oppressed and dissed and disrespected by these people. So it's really interesting. I mean, there's all kinds of issues. Wayfair locally, um, they're not a client of mine, but they've certainly had um, a lot of coverage around the vocal nature of the their employee base and, you know, the way their employees feel about the stance that the company's management takes on certain issues. So, you know, CEOs can't ignore that anymore. It's a It's a a real phenomenon, and it's growing. And I think it's probably very good. It forces companies to have a conscience.
0: Yeah, again, fantastic answer, more. I, I did not anticipate the second part at all um, of that answer. Social media, I agree. I mean, that's what I do for a living, and and I. Um, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool marketer, uh, used to write a ton of junk mail, if you will. Um, then it was email, and now a lot of what I do is social media, so I've evolved with the times and, and have, has, have watched that change our uh, related industries. But the the rise of the employee, um, so I might have, uh, as an employee in corporate America, I might have missed that, <laughs> that um, phenomenon, um, meaning I'm not working, I- as employee at a big company anymore. Maybe I will in the future again. Who knows? But I do see it from the outside, and I've never heard it though articulated like like you did that it is indeed you know a real thing that's taken on um, some 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 you know great um, taken root if you will, and and is we have to acknowledge as you said CEOs and, and leaders, and I think that's awesome. I think that's great change um and you know I'm not surprised to see that change um, and good for you at v2 and and as a leader for embracing that change and and articulating it so so well you you mentioned earlier about hiring a handful of employees during the pandemic um and and so I'm curious uh, first of all what that was like, how different that might have been, but also what you look for and feel free to to elaborate. Um, on V two and and what the type of employees you look for and what you um, you know where and what special skills areas um, do you look for um, new 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 hires?
1: So so that's a really good question. Um, I'm really less interested in you know the degree that somebody got in school or um, even you know, it's always great to hire an experienced person who who comes in knowing how, how their role functions with the client and within the agency. But to me, success at V2 doesn't necessarily require that. What success at V2 does require is um, a person who's got a lot of curiosity, somebody who's very smart, um, somebody who likes to read and keep up with what's happening in the world of business the world of tech the world of healthcare um somebody who's flexible because if you're working with clients and with different managers as you do in an agency environment you really have to be a person who can roll with the punches you know who can who can cope with a day where you're not very busy and then the following day you know, you're just running from pillar to post. There's so much going on. So people who are flexible, um, I think people who are team players is so key. Um, you really need to be the kind of person who who can function as part of a team. You don't necessarily need a lot of personal accolades, although we try hard to acknowledge when people do a great job. Um, and I think finally. Uh, a sense of humor. I cannot deal with people who don't have a sense of humor. Um, so I think that's really important and it helps them deal with the stresses yes. of the job. So we always look for that.
0: Yes. No, it, it, so, so closely related question, and, and you might partly have answered it. Um, if, if I'm, and I'm far from uh, this, but if I were a recent college graduate listening watching um this interview, what advice would you have for someone who wants to break into uh p r and 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 perhaps work for um v two what 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 counsel would you give them um if if you 're not more fitzgerald may, maybe in other words before they come and interview with with more fitzgerald what what what
1: i would say that um you know They should be a person who's willing to try anything and willing to do anything. So in other words, you look for someone who, if if the client needs um, some research done and you're an AE and you're used to an account coordinator being delegated that research, but the account coordinator's busy, do it yourself. You know, show the willingness. No job is too small. Um, be the kind of person who's willing to do whatever it takes to make the client and the team successful. Um, I think that's such an important characteristic in an entry-level person. Try new things. You know, speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, share your ideas. Um, you know, honestly, there really is no such thing as a bad idea. And the kinds of clients we work with. They may not always um, execute on some of the creative ideas that we have, but every single one of them has learned to at least hear us out. Because a lot of times maybe that's something that's not gonna work in the moment, but maybe in three months it'll make sense and we'll do it then. So, you know, I would say be willing to try anything, be willing to get creative, do the homework, read the press. You know, it's so important to be informed. I always, you know, before COVID, we get, of course, being a PR firm, we get all these magazines and newspaper um, editions in the office and kitchen in the morning. And if I come to work and I don't see people in there having their coffee and reading, they get an email, you know, I hope you guys are looking at the papers. I hope you're doing the reading you need to do. Because you get a lot of ideas, even from stuff that other companies who aren't clients are doing and what they're saying.
0: I agree 110% more um, with the reading. Um, You know, I have read trades, subscribed to trade pubs my whole, my whole career. Now, most of it's online. And again, I'm immersed in social media and I tell my clients and, and anyone who will listen, To me, social media, one of the biggest benefits is just the listening factor, the listening and learning. Even if you're not sharing your own content, you're digesting so much of other people's, um, you know, what's going on, their knowledge, their expertise, the news. It's very quick breaking, obviously, on Twitter. Um, So besides the traditional um, sources of news, you know, jump on social media and follow your clients, right? Yeah, yes. and competition and the industry. I mean, that's how you and I have come to this conversation, I think. Yeah, because, yeah definitely. Well, it was from a former colleague. Um, uh, she worked as an intern um, where I used to work and I think she um, said, hey, you know, cause you and I don't know each other. I'm surprised our paths haven't crossed over the years, but someone recommended I talk to you and I'm so glad I am talking to you, to you today, more This has been a fantastic conversation, and and I am going to wind it down, if you don't mind, um, in just a minute or two. Um, bef- but not before I ask a couple final uh, questions. And and the first one is is uh, might not be easy. Um, we've talked a lot about what we've seen in our respective careers, um, ma- mainly yours, because. you're you're the guest, you're you're answering my questions for the most part. Um, But what about the future? Do you, what do you see happening, uh, you know, in the next year, next three years, next five years, any big changes that you can predict, if you will, forecast?
1: Well, I think, I think we'll see continued, um, continued empowerment of an employee population. Um, And I think that that means that agencies like mine, where we view our traditional role as delivering news to influencers and journalists out there, we're going to have to help clients understand internal communication. That's something that we've tried very hard to to talk to clients about, counsel them. So, you know, it's a little bit of a change from traditionally what we view our job. But when you think about it, you know a ceo it's very important how he or she speaks to their employees and how important it is to keep them informed so i see that as something that's going to continue to gain traction um and you know there's a huge um competition for talent and it's the companies that are transparent that are um that provide their employees with a great socially conscious place to work um, um, that are good responsible citizens in every way. those are the companies that are going to attract the best people because there's waves of people coming into the workforce and they care about that and I think that's going to continue to grow And I think that you know the importance of social media is going to also um, continue to grow. I don't think, um, it's ever going to um, replace uh, publications that are respected um, and global in nature but um, you know they're going to continue to be important. And I think thinking of global that that also is going to, continue to emerge as a very important factor in how we're communicating. You can't just speak to people in Boston anymore. Everything you say gets amplified. And um, it's just going to be incumbent on all of us to remember that whenever we're speaking.
0: Yeah. Those are at least three, maybe four things you mentioned in that answer. And and the global wow you you were right on um the the world is shrinking and and with the power of social media and and technology we should be communicating globally uh no excuse not to be um in internal communications that was something i did not think of at all but that is that a service v2 is offering now if i may ask
1: yes yes bob it is because um you know we and we thought of it because of our own experience you know when you're trying to you don't have the advantage of a friday staff meeting when everybody has a beer or a glass of wine and you're sort of all sitting together before you go home and close up the week you can't share experiences that you had during the week as easily when you're all working remotely so um we said gee if we're having this challenge and trying to figure out how to do it our clients must be too so we decided to start incorporating um help with internal communications along with our normal offerings
0: fantastic you you really are um putting yourself in your your clients um shoes and anticipating their needs and that's you know one of the many many reasons i'm i'm sure why um v2 is so successful um more is there anything in this conversation which i think has been awesome i think re- viewers and listeners i i hope will agree it, but is there anything i haven't asked is there anything you want to say that that i haven't you know floor floor is open of course
1: You've asked me some great questions. I really appreciate the opportunity to to share my viewpoint with you and your listeners. Um, no, I think I think uh, I think that's you know I'm exhausted, Bob. I can't think of anything else to say. All right.
0: I, yes, and and that's a good thing. We we've we've, we've been exhaustive, if you will, in our coverage. <laughs> Um, our conversation about PR and, and V2 and marketing. Is there a way you want people to reach out to you if they wanted to reach out to you? If a potential employee or a potential client, is there, you want to give Absolutely. any? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: So send me an email. It's mfitzgerald at v2coms2ms.com.
0: mfitzgerald at v 2 dot gotcha and or and i'm
1: on linkedin
0: yes and and if you, i don't even know if you and i are connected but we will No, be. but
1: we're, i'm gonna do that as soon as i get <laughs> off <laughs>
0: yay yay this has been an awesome conversation more you know i tell people about my podcast i meet people i wouldn't otherwise have met and i get to know them you know geez you, you meet people in the industry i've known some people for 30 years and I might not know them as well as I get to know them in an hour-long podcast. Do you, do you know what I mean? I've learned so much oh, about yeah, you. Oh, yeah, sure. So.
1: Well, it, you're a very good conversationalist. You make it easy.
0: Thank you for saying that. Coming from you, that's a huge deal to <laughs> me. So thank you for saying that, Maura. Um, well, I'm going to wind it down and, and say goodbye to, to viewers and, and listeners and and say that, hey, this has been Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show with a very special guest, Maura Fitzgerald. She is co-founder and partner at V2 Communications. We have been very, very very fortunate to have her as our guest today. I thank listeners. I thank viewers for being with us, and I'll be back with you soon, with you all soon, with another guest, with a monologue perhaps about marketing and social media. But until then, all my listeners, all my viewers, please stay safe and sound, happy and healthy. And again, thank you, Maura.
1: Thank you, Bob. Enjoy the weekend.
0: Thank you very much. Bye, everybody.